0: Sit back, relax, and listen to episode 146 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, founder and CEO of Ezra Group Consulting. This podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. Our topic for this month is artificial intelligence, machine learning, and predictive analytics. And we've lined up some awesome guests for you to talk about the latest advances in all these things all around wealth management few statistics to share with you. A recent survey showed that more than nine in 10 top businesses surveyed report having an ongoing investment in artificial intelligence. Another survey showed 61% of employees say that their adoption of artificial intelligence within their workplace has led to a boost in their productivity. So. I'm I'm expecting a lot more of these stuff to come out where we're all sure that AI is going to be helping and can be very useful in many different areas, specifically around wealth management and financial advisors. And I'll be introducing our guests for today, who are Wilbur Swan and Yelena Malamed from Catchlight in just a second. But first, let me explain how important data is to the success of any AI-based initiative or any technology-driven program. And this is why Ezra Group has launched our data assessment service for enterprise wealth management firms. We conduct an in-depth review of data sources, downstream consumers, data utilization, and we deliver a comprehensive strategy and roadmap to get your data architecture under control. For more information on Ezra Group's data assessment service, go to ezragroupllc.com. And a couple of quick housekeeping notes before we continue. Please subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Make sure to check out our sponsor, the Invest in Others Charitable Foundation at investinothers.org. And now let's kick this thing off. All right. I'm excited to introduce my uh, next guests on this episode of the podcast. We have Wilbur Swan, CEO of Catchlight. Hey, Wilbur.
1: Good afternoon.
0: And we have Elena Melamed, head of product for Catchlight. Yeah. Glad you guys can make it. Glad we're here. Where are we all calling in from? Boston, Massachusetts. Love Boston. Great place to be. Uh, how's the weather up there now?
2: Your typical spring day. Sunny and 40.
0: I was going <laughs> to say sunny in the 40s, right?
2: <laughs> Barely yeah. above
0: freezing point.
2: <laughs>
0: but that's what, what we love about Boston. Cool. All right. So I'm glad you guys are here. Let's just jump right in. Can you please uh, give us the 30-second elevator pitch for
1: catchlight? Sure, happy to do so. Uh, Catchlight is the first of its kind lead optimization solution for financial advisors designed to help them accelerate their growth. Uh, Very simply, we use AI and data to analyze advisors' leads um, to recommend to them who to call how to pitch and what to pitch uh, week after week. So um, each week they're getting better and better at finding their best prospects and converting them.
0: I really thought this was interesting when we met. And um, we we met a couple weeks ago and I I saw your product and I was really excited by it. So can you explain uh, a little bit more about the lead optimization? So you're not lead generation, which is very different. There's a lot of products that do that you are to lead optimization. Can you explain the difference?
2: Absolutely. So um, we um, are analyzing um, at this point, a um, hundred thousand successful conversions or paid advice relationships um, through a random forest model, uh, which is our machine learn uh, model um, and uh, aligning and assessing what characteristics uh, really make up a reason for a person to convert. We're then taking that insight and identifying and scoring similarities across advisors' lead lists. And that allows us to um, hand a score over to an advisor for them to organize their thinking about their prospect list and really focus their attention on their best bets. Um, For us, um, what's been interesting is watching the advisors, use this day-to-day and the more they use it the smarter it gets Um, it really um, tailors itself to how an advisor does business Um, it's important for us to help advisors get started pretty turnkey so when they get started they're using the baseline model but the more they use the model the more they use the product um, the more it learns in how they're prospecting and where their niche is, and each advisor is unique and how they do business and so how we are prioritizing is different um, also, differences come from what we learn about prospects they work with, and uh, we update the way our model um, interacts with them, the way that our model interacts in general, um, on a pretty regular basis.
1: You make an interesting point, though, Craig. That we're not doing uh, lead generation; we're not supplying them with net new leads. What we're doing is analyzing the leads that a given advisor has in their in their pipeline. Um, I would say what we found is over the period, over the COVID period, a lot of advisors have kind of gotten into, you know, how do they better market themselves, how do they create a brand, how do they um, personify that brand on a website, how do they start doing social media? And as a as a result of that, not surprisingly, their supply of leads that they have either in their CRM system or in spreadsheets has grown um, larger and larger. Um, not surprisingly, given we've all been talking to each other like we're talking to you right now, a lot of that's been over um, Zoom and other uh, you know, digital uh, uh, connections versus face-to-face. So you don't know as much about that person. It's oftentimes they just know really a first name, a last name, an email address, a phone number, and maybe one or two other pieces of information. Um, what we're helping them do is understand you know, what does that entire prospect look like? and how's that prospect sit is, way to put it nicely. Um, are they really a, a top five prospect or somebody that's you know, uh, more in the middle of the pack and might wait for a, a call in a later week? And that takes us right to the next topic,
0: which is the catchlight score. So this is the score that advisors would use to rank, rank their prospects as to which ones to call in what order. So how do you calculate the score? What's, what's going on behind the scenes?
2: We are looking at characteristics, which do change over time, um, that kind of identify similarity in past conversion events um, to characteristics of people. I think the way I simply think about it is the more complex someone's financial situation, the more likely they're going to have a higher score. Um, But it is not a rules-based model. It is a learned model. Um, And so we are really leveraging the machine learning in order to um, calculate what that score is. Um, So the higher the score, uh, the higher the propensity of someone to need um, a financial advisor to support them, because it's likely that they are in a very complex situation. More bedrooms, more children, maybe pets. Um, Today, um, as of the moment we're speaking with you, uh, there are 42 different data elements that go into that score. Um, But um, we are uh, getting ready to ship Um, an an update to our model, which we do on a pretty regular basis, that version is going to have 50. Essentially, what drives people to convert um, has also evolved um, over the duration of the pandemic that we just talked about as well. Um, So we're constantly looking at what are the trends in conversion behavior and reflecting that back to advisors.
0: Now, let me just pick out one thing you said, Yelena, that I think is really important. It's not rules-based. It's a learning model. I can't tell you how many companies I hear, they say, we use AI, we're AI based. And once you dig under the covers a little bit, it's really just a rules engine. It's just a big if then else machine. So let's talk a little about your learning model just for a bit. So it it learns as it goes, the more you use it, the more an advisor uses the product, the more accurate and the better it is. Would that be a a true statement? That's right.
2: Um, So the more advisors use it, the better it is. across the board, but it's also the better it is at reflecting um, the conditions for a particular advisor, as we've said before, and you know this better than I, advisors are all very unique in their prospecting approach and their marketing approach. And so what we're hoping um, that it provides back in value is helping them work as they already work, but be more efficient with their time.
0: And that's huge. And that's that goes back to something we talk about a lot in my company, which is scalability of advisors. And scalability isn't just about how many clients you can support? It's how much time you can get back from your technology to spend with your clients. So, if I've got a tech that reduces the amount of time it takes me to evaluate a prospect or review my my daily list of prospects by you know by half, that's an extra you know for thirty minutes or an hour I get every day that I can do other things. That so that makes advisors more scalable, in my mind. Now, uh, can we talk a little bit about the the um, the higher score equals a higher propensity to need an advisor. Now, you had told me earlier that um, higher financial complexity correlates to higher conversion. Can you talk about that?
2: Sure. So what we're seeing, and again, it changes over time, um, that there's um, a number of characteristics. And surprisingly, it's not the characteristics that we commonly think about. You know, higher income, therefore, um, it is characteristics that, um, you know, are part of everyday complexity. Um, Life events, um, uh, whatever they may be, um, uh, the complexity around um, having to support multiple dependents um, and whatever shape that may take. Um, Again, um, do you have equity? Do you have multiple properties? Do you have properties across state lines? And I'm giving you just some examples. Um, the reality is that how important each one of those data elements are um, and, and as a con- attribution to that score varies and varies over time. And um, also varies across advisors, I'd say.
0: If you've met one advisor, as they say, you've met one advisor. So everything's gonna be different. Okay. It's gotta be tuned. Well so we talked about the, so we talk about the Cash light score let's talk about what is the Catchlight system? What does it mean? Is it it a platform? Is it an engine? What are you guys looking to build here?
2: We really do see it as an insights engine. It is data uh, meant to help advisors gain more efficiency. Now, we do have a platform um, and we like to think about as an easy to use, um, fun workflow. Um, But it is just one avenue in how advisors may choose to use um, our capabilities. Um, We really are not focused on creating a platform here. We are here to support advisors in wherever they work already um, with the types of um, data elements um, and AI and analytics that makes them more efficient.
1: I, I guess That's I could even put it, put it another spin on that. Um, we do have advisors right now that are interacting on a day-to-day basis with our Catchlight UI, right? Which nicely conveys the analytics that we've just talked about. Very simple to use. It looks like a Yelp interface. Um, it's basically three screens of, of workflow. And the idea there was we wanna keep this super simple for advisors, something they could really pull up if they said, I have 20 minutes and I want to figure out who's the best person I can call, what can I pitch them on, and how do I pitch them? Um, That's basically what we're trying to convey in that user interface. Below that, empowered by um, all the data insight engine that Yulia is talking about, are all the analytics that are going on, which some of the larger firms are starting to tap into on on a larger scale. You mentioned the Catchlight
0: UI. One of the things I liked about it was you selected the fields. So looking at the fields of a prospect on the screen, they're not static. You've designed them based on which ones advisors use the most.
2: We spend a ton of time with advisors in um, different shapes of data to really um, monitor what helps them make more efficient as opposed to taxes their time even more. Um, And so um, that's where we, Definitely differentiate uh, because we um, recognize that the more actionable we can make the data, the simpler it is to read, the simpler it is to interact with, uh, the more useful. And so, to your point, uh, we uh, really boil down um, the the essence of what was important around the data. Um, into that profile, but we're also aware that advisors get to know their prospects as they work with them more um, and they see the data, they um, converse with clients. And so uh, to them, it it is a living, breathing thing. And uh, we want to make sure that they can take advantage of AI and AI can improve um, based on conversations they're having. So we've built the screens to be living, to your point. Um, and being able to take on um, the learnings they have on the data, um, to be able to push feedback on the data back to us um, and um, ultimately use the the product more in order for it to be smarter for them.
0: This is something I talk to a lot of companies about, especially ones that as they grow, they've got so much data that they don't really use. For example, companies that have uh, a lot of reports available, sometimes they have hundreds of reports available, and say, so, well, how do advisors know which ones to use? So, well, they kind of go through it. They look around, they see, they talk to their friends. Said, well, why don't you show them based on all your clients, which ones, which advisors are using or which reports are most used and rank them that way. So, you know, I like that you're doing that. You're building your system to show, here's what other advisors are doing. Here's the field that they like. Maybe you will like them too. And The odds are, are high that they will. Um, let's talk, can you, can you share any statistics with us uh, about uh, improvement conversions or hit rates or anything around, which again you're realizing you're just a startup, you don't have any clients yet. But what kind of what kind of things are you seeing across your base?
2: Um, so the uh, the firms that we work with today, um, maybe I'll take a quick step back and make a point that it's very data is very important to to us. The, the quality of data is very important to us, and um, we tend to backtest the data, backtest the conversion success a lot um, with the firms that we work with. And so uh, what we're seeing on a pretty regular basis that typically, Um, We're able to uh, pinpoint um, kind of a mix of leads and clients, um, if you will, um, and bubble up um, their clients already won to um, the top of the list with our scoring methodology, um, which is just another way for us to confirm that this is a methodology that works and it is effective. Um, Furthermore, um, advisors tend to use the product in very diverse ways because to your point, they are very diverse. Um, Some um, are seeing two to three times um, better conversion results. Um, So we see advisors going from um, like a 3% conversion to a 9% conversion um, success, which is exciting. Um, We uh, worked with an advisor who is um, very focused on his digital marketing efforts and so far, Um, before using um, the data that Catchlight makes available. Um, He was getting pretty mediocre engagement rates uh, from the content he was um, shipping out and he spent a ton of time building that content. So it was very important to him that he delivered that content to the right clients and the right prospects. And so leveraging the data that he, lifted out of Catchlight, he was able to get to uh, five times the engagement rate that he had before, which is really exciting to see because it really just makes more efficient, not um, the prospecting efforts that he has, but also the work that he's already attributed to building the content, building the engagement and really uh, putting to work the leads that he already has in his funnel.
0: That sounds impressive.
1: We mentioned that um, we are going to be doing a bunch of press next week related to T3 Mm -hmm. in Dallas, which we're excited about as part of uh, basically a public relations related launch. But we have been out um, actually working with advisors in production environments since last summer. And Mm -hmm. we've had uh, paying clients since October. uh, so we, we've we actually got you know, real experience based on real data, based on people are putting um, you know, real money into the system.
0: It's always a different game when you've got paying clients. Oh, yeah. They, they have different, <laughs> they have different ex- expectations. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'd like to believe that we continue to push ourselves and have um, stronger and stronger expectations of ourselves. So for us... What's important is what other data can we get in front of advisors? What else can make them more efficient? Um, What other capabilities, tools, features um, don't tax time, but um, again, create more capacity for an advisor to react to um, kind of that point in time conversation, but also reflect back in their entirety of their prospecting funnel. And are they going in the direction that, um, let's say even the practice management exercise would suggest that they do um, on their existing book, Right? Is are they going into the direction to build the book that, of the future that
0: they want? So let's talk about use cases. For people listening to this, RIAs and other wealth management firms who want to use your product, can you give us a use case for how it would function
1: in a real life scenario? For the simple list, and I'd say the majority of our paying users are uh, single advisors who've bought a um, single seat for themselves, and they're saying on Monday morning, "Okay, I've got 20 minutes. I want to um, think about, um, you know, how I might uh, grow my business. Uh, very simply, who's the best prospect I should call? And as I said before, you know, what would be some good concepts to pitch that person, and how should I engage with that person? Um, basically, a jump start on." You know, how do you optimize your your sales results um in a given week? That's so the one, other use the case that we're hearing about right. once once you introduce a firm to um these types of capabilities and this type of AI, uh marketing teams oftentimes um start to think about the application of this. Uh, so as Elena said, um you know, they'll think about, okay, so let me look at a, a larger pool of leads and, and think about you know how do I begin um, evolving my marketing to more personalized and segmented marketing. So uh, you know, we're providing insights to them to say, okay, well, if you've got a particular piece of content that's related to charitable giving, for example, um, here's how you might filter this list of leads down to a group that it'll particularly resonate. And as you later said, what what they see not surprisingly in a lot of industry studies um, validate this is that when you reach out to people in a a personalized way, your response rates go up proportionally. Um, Last we've seen, and and this is really something we've been working on the last few months, is that as you get several advisors at a firm using the solution, um, oftentimes the C-level folks, the executives begin to look at this and say, this is really pretty interesting. You know, to date, a lot of this pipeline data that um, I would like to see has oftentimes been in a given CRM system dedicated to a a given advisor. And what they say is this is giving me a a unique ability to begin to understand in aggregate across my firm or across several advisors in this case, but potentially across the firm. um, You know, uh, what does the pipeline look like? does it compare to where we think the strategy of the firm is going? Is the pipeline big enough to support the level of growth we aspire to? You know, how could we help our advisors begin to shape that pipeline so it's um, even more productive for them and in turn for the firm?
0: I'm sure a lot of companies would love to know that because they've got these pipelines, they've got these maybe large CRM tools that can show them how many prospects there are, but they can't rank them or rate them or really understand besides unless they have some really uh, wild guesses what their the actual um, value of them of these prospects
1: are and which ones should they, they should be calling first and I'd say you know a, a lot has happened in this space in the last um, 10 years uh, CRMs getting very very sophisticated with data and AI uh, large companies so we're obviously um, incubated in fidelity labs uh, large companies you um, do these types of analytics and optimization exercises for their own purposes. Um, I personally think it's great to introduce these types of capabilities to the the independent advisors of the world. Because they
0: need help, they surely do. So you've got three use cases, the advisor use case, and I wanna save some time, Um, which prospect should I call? You have the marketers use case, Uh, to generate personalized marketing and we know personalization increases response rates and we have the c-level if you're if you're at a a larger firm that has an executive board they'd say well hey we've got these goals to grow at a certain percentage and it helps them understand if the pipeline across all their advisors which could be one advisor or a hundred advisors or a thousand advisors if that pipeline is large enough to deliver on our goals That'd be a fair summary. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. So now we've got um, all these tools. We've got the, the inside engine. We've got the Catchlight score. Anyway, so there's a lot going on here. And advisors really want things to be easy and simple. They want it to fit into their existing workflow. They don't want to have to go to a separate system or a separate, even a separate browser tab. So how does the Catchlight integrate with existing platforms that advisors are using now?
2: Great question. Totally agree. Um, we are trying to reduce fragmentation, reduce um, lift for advisors. And so as a result, uh, we really focused a lot on our integration mode roadmap. We recently launched an integration with Redtail. Um, we are HubSpot enabled. Um, and um, if you weigh the shape of the roadmap uh, with regard to integrations, it's a pretty... Um, heavy stack of things that we want to get done, but ultimately we're underpinned by um, API-ready um, solution. So we are ready to integrate um, and are working with a number of um, our prospects and customers um, to build uh, into their existing solutions. Some of them, to your point, is um, their proprietary data sets. And Some of them are existing capabilities such as CRM digital marketing tools they already use.
0: There's so many tools going on, so much to integrate with.
1: But I and like I, that your software yeah. Sorry? We were just out talking to a client last week who um, is building a uh, their own platform, right, for all of their advisors, which we see the larger firms doing. Super interesting. I think it would be really interesting to see what happens with um, uh, solutions like Snowflake uh, mm-hmm. as places where... Um, insight engines such as ourselves operate really effectively. We use Snowflake here extensively uh, within labs um, and see potentially as a place where we, um, you know clients could access this data, manipulate it how they wish and then serve it up wherever they wish. So bringing up Snowflake, we do a lot of work with data, data assessments for, for
0: large enterprise wealth management firms. And of course, Snowflake comes up a lot, whether they know how to use it or not is, is a different story. Do you have any recommendations for how? Well, can you explain how Snowflake is built into your infrastructure?
2: Um, it's twofold. Um, so we use um, a separate and proprietary Snowflake instance to do our um, R and D. Um, That's first and foremost. So a lot of our AI uh, tends to start in conversation with advisors and then we pull a lot of data and do uh, a lot of work in an R&D environment. And then when we think about um, how we pipeline the data in and um, work with the data that we have, that's kind of the secondary space uh, where we leverage Snowflake as well. Um, And so when we think about the various ways we can integrate to Point, um, Snowflake is definitely a shape of of something that we could do. Um, Another is um, an API. Um, And so for um, advisors that are um, probably on a larger side or in mid-size, um, APIs are more comfortable, to your point, uh, when the larger enterprises come in and talk about their existing data and want us to use their their data as part of um, the experience um, and want to take advantage of the data that we offer, um, Snowflake is the more comfortable place for them.
0: Thank you. i just like to dig in a little bit on the tech side. Not too much, but uh, a little bit to understand how different firms are working with data. And we, we do a data assessment uh, service for enterprise wealth management firms. And we just had a, um, a webinar, which you can find on our website, EzraGroupLLC.com. It's called um, uh, Data Pollution. How to uh, keep your data lakes from turning into data swamps. Uh, where we did a lot, a lot of snowflake discussion on that webinar. All right, so uh, you guys are AI-based. You're, you're running with a, um, a random forest model underneath uh, for statistical analysis. And there's a lot of, other, a lot of work on AI-based assistance in other industries and in other markets. How how is Catchlight doing that? Would you consider yourself an AI based assistant, and are you moving in that direction?
1: I think you know you could look at what we're doing right now as a smart sales assistant for the advisor, where we're basically taking uh, minimal data about a lead, turning it into uh, a rich profile about the lead, and then uh, doing the AI that we talked about to prioritize um, that lead in terms of which one to call next. I think there's a a lot that could be done for an advisor, um, potentially like an AI based assistant to help them better prepare for meetings, to help them better service clients. Um, I think, you know, the trick like any of these things is it takes a lot of data to drive those assistants, uh, which I think we, you know, being within Fidelity Labs and a part of the ecosystem here, um, uh, can get access to, Um, I would say, um, you know, what's interesting in other industries, you look at medical research or you look at what's going on with in Amazon uh, with Alexa or Apple with Siri, I think, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of people are getting used to interacting with AI-based assistants increasingly over time. Um, uh, so I think it could be one, as you, know, you look at the next five, 10 years, you um, that could be one of the big productivity drivers in the financial services space?
2: Uh, What we've done, Craig, and you saw in our product is um, try to figure out how we can marry the data um, and research and AI that we've bubbling up with thought leadership on engagement. Um, And so we really are um, thinking about um, what makes a particular person stand apart. Um, Maybe they've done charitable giving in the past, And um, how can an advisor use that information um, from a pitch perspective, right? Um, Maybe that means that they um, tie that out to, a conversation about charitable giving, and um, maybe a specific type of charitable giving, perhaps it is um, a business owner who's done charitable giving, and so the combination of those two assets um, in terms of thought leadership is a very different type of a discussion, very different combination of things that you may present as a value add, even in that first conversation as an advisor. That is, you can help someone save money and and be very effective um, right off the bat, um, we're also bringing in uh, that leadership on the type and style of engagement. Um, so from research that we've um, and we're aware of is, uh, you know, certain types of people. And sometimes it's by age. Sometimes it's by other types of um, traits um, respond better to email versus phone. And so um, some um, other aspects of what we do is to try to tie some of the metrics and characteristics that we know about a person into how can an advisor think and shape all of that into the best way to interact with someone. So they really stand apart versus somebody else. Um, and, And that's really where we think that we can offer more value.
0: That is excellent. All right. We are almost out of time. So you're launching next week. Congratulations. Can you talk a little bit about that and your pricing model?
2: Um, We're excited. So um, as Wilbur had noted, uh, we've been um, working with advisors um, for a while now and we started um, sales um, in October of last year. Um, So it's really exciting to really dip our toe into the PR launch and really talk about ourselves more widely with more advisors, more shapes of firms. Um, And so that's great. Uh, We're excited to be at C3, Um, hoping that folks can find us in the exhibit hall, stop by, we're at booth 811. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and, um, I think, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting to be able to talk to, about a product. It's exciting, equally exciting to talk about the wins that advisors that have used the product to date have had, um, pricing, um, uh, we offer both monthly and annual, um, annual at a discount is, um, at, uh, $1,500, uh, per, um, seat. Uh, what's exciting there is as we talk to advisors and they really evaluate the price, they evaluate the value that we deliver, um, inform the product. Um, they talk about you know it really takes one client win to make it all worthwhile, um, and that that's exciting to hear. Um, we uh, continue to listen to the feedback, and um, what's been great about kind of our first crew of advisors and those that will join is we continue to look to them as you know, those folks that shape um, the product um, in a pretty continuous way, um, very directly um, in the product itself, but also um, through conversations with us. And so um, I'm excited um, for next week. I'm excited for the launch and excited to um, talk to more advisors about it.
0: And I will see you at T3 as well next week. I'll be there the whole week. So Look me up, I'll be walking around. I'll come come find you guys. So how can advisors or other enterprise wealth management firms get in touch
1: with you? Uh, Easiest way would be just to go to catchlight.ai, our website. Um, We, it's uh, relatively easy to contact us from there, Uh, but we can also provide you with contact information if you wanna add it to this uh, podcast. Sure, we'll put that into the show notes. So
0: it's catch, C-A-T-C-H, light, L-I-G-A-T, dot A-I, not dot com, or dot net, dot Perfect. A-I. Great. Right? Great. Yelena and Wilbur, thank you very much for being on the program.
1: It's been a
0: pleasure. Hey, it's Craig again. Here are my top three takeaways from this episode. Artificial intelligence machine learning are slowly infiltrating just about every aspect of life and work. Catchlight is just one example of how these technologies can be employed to save time, improve efficiency, and increase revenue of advisors. Number two, Catchlight is a SaaS platform, but API-based, and they plan to make their services available through other applications like CRMs. And this is where I really see their product being the most useful, with tight integration to CRMs, where the advisor doesn't even realize that, Uh, Catchlight is the one providing the the information and reordering prospects, giving them advice on who to speak to and why. I think that's really where a lot of uh, our efforts should be going, rather than throwing lots of data at advisors and making them try to sort through it, you want to have the, the tools and the algorithms do that work for them, which can save a lot of time and make things more efficient. Another area I liked about Catchlight was their dynamic UI. So they say that fields that are displayed on their screens will change based on their tracking of which ones advisors use the most. And as advisors use the product, it will also be customized for each advisor uh, in their own special way. So the use of this kind of dynamic analysis of data and actions to craft the most useful interfaces, reports and dashboards, I think will soon be table stakes in all software, but especially in advisor tech software. One feature I've been telling many of our FinTech clients implement is dynamic report lists so almost most platforms have some sort of reporting whether the portfolio management or their crm or their financial planning or other tools performance reporting of course but they also have some sort of reporting and oftentimes they could have dozens or even hundreds of reports if it's a big system which one do you use which one is used most which one is the most effective they already have that data pulling that data of which reports are used the most by their other advisor clients and then sorting the reports based on that would be so helpful for advisors. They just know here, these are the top five reports that other advisors like you are using in this particular area. Could be really, really helpful. Uh, and it becomes crowdsourced uh, user interface, right? So the, the crowd is telling the wisdom of the crowd is telling you which applications or which reports are the most useful. Show those first. It's called crowdsourced efficiency. And that's the end of this episode. You made it. Thanks. Um, Before I go, please go to our website, EzraGroupLLC.com. Scroll to the bottom of the homepage and sign up for our newsletter. Every month, you'll receive an email chock full of wealth management, goodness, news, information, updates, analytics, lists, all kinds of stuff. You will not be disappointed. Thanks again and talk to you all next time.